this episode, we're going to talk about racing. John, tell us a little bit how you, how much, how often you deal with racing in the civil world and a little bit about that. I mean, not a ton. I mean, it comes up, but usually what happens once it gets to the civil world, if there was any allegations of racing, the, uh, what we call the defendant, the person that caused the accident is vehemently denying that they were racing at the time, which I'm sure is probably similar in the criminal world, but it does come up and it can, uh, interplay with how you uh, ultimately plead a case and bring a case in the civil side. So um, I think maybe we should talk about, I mean, I feel like people probably intuitively know what racing is, but maybe let's talk about what it is from the criminal side, and then we can talk about what it is, how it interplays on the civil side. I mean, racing is pretty self-explanatory. It's basically the, the police would have to prove that you were you know, in a, in a race with, not necessarily with another person, but maybe a time race or you're with another person on the highway, usually it, it turns out to be drag racing each other down a strip of road. And or, or a bridge, as or, we see them on the bridge a lot. Yes, or the bridge, yeah. Somewhere they don't think the police can see them. So. Yeah, you know what I remember when I was a prosecutor, don't they? Uh, I remember I had a few racing cases, and you obviously as a defense attorney and a, a longtime prosecutor saw this more than I did, but I remember I had a couple of racing cases where they were got footage from a helicopter. Oh. Yeah. So I, you're not safe on the bridges either. Like I remember <laughs> I had a couple on the Gandhi Bridge where they were doing racing on the bridge and the, I think it was the sheriff's office had taken vid video footage of the racing from a helicopter, which makes me wonder maybe they use drones nowadays. They're more, they're, they're a little more incognito than a helicopter. That's true. I don't see the helicopters out. I mean, I did my prosecuting up in Dade City. So we didn't, I don't, do they, I don't even know if they have helicopters up there, but um, the only race, the only big racing case I had was just on an old dirt road and you know, the, the police just happened to be there. Yeah. Now I know before we were talking earlier, before we got on um, about how, uh, well, we were talking about that case on Bayshore um, that happened what was about a year ago, a year and a half ago. And there was, uh, I guess, two individuals racing and they hit that, I believe it was her a mother pushing her child or walking with their child across Bayshore and they were here visiting from out of town. Um, but there was a discussion about how not only just the drivers of the vehicle can be charged with racing, but other individuals involved. Can you kind of explain to everybody what that is? So in, racing is a misdemeanor in Florida, but and you can be charged obviously for participating in the race as, as a driver, but they also, there's a way to charge anyone who is present at the race and who is aware of the race. And it's basically... They're trying to cut down on the crowds because in theory you cut down on the crowds people don't race they're trying to hit it from two angles obviously if you do you race it you can get arrested but if you're there so in that case there was three individuals charged obviously there's the two drivers and then one driver had a passenger they can all in my opinion be charged with racing but the issue is they were the two i, I believe all three were initially charged with vehicular manslaughter i don't know how they could be able to keep that charge or to prove that charge against a passenger in the car, but they could have been using that for leverage against him to see exactly, you know, what was talked about before the race and what was going on when, right before they unfortunately hit those two. How do you get, I mean, how do you get charged with vehicular manslaughter, or vehicular homicide from racing? Because I mean, look, I wasn't in the mind of these guys that were driving the vehicles, but one would hope they didn't intend to hit, that they weren't out there intentionally trying to hit pedestrians, they were out there just racing. So if you're not intending to actually kill someone or hurt someone, how can you still get charged with that? Well, I, th I mean, it's basically willful wanton disregard for human life. So, you know, if you're going five miles over the speed limit and you run a stop sign and you hit someone, they're probably not going to be able to charge you with vehicular homicide because while you were speeding, you do a stop sign, it wasn't willful and wanton. But 
and I don't know exactly how fast these kids were going, but it's at the time it was 35, I believe, on Bayshore miles an hour. It's now 30 after this, thankfully. Um, but they were going well over that, and they were obviously, you know, they were racing. So there's, and they, and the other thing is, Bayshore is a place where people walk all the time. This was not at night. This was during the day. So there's people all over the place. So you can't just doing that. You know implicitly you're putting human lives in danger yeah and that kind of gets into how it would interplay with the civil side so you know obviously i represent people that were injured in car accidents but if you were the victim of a car accident and were injured by someone that was racing um kind of like we talked about previously with duis you can potentially plead what we call punitive damages which are punishment damages in excess of the the damages for your medical expenses and your you know lost wages pain and suffering past and future medical expenses, by the way, not just past medical expenses that you've had to pay, but if you have a need for future medical expenses throughout the rest of your life. But that willful and wanton disregard for human life, basically showing that you, in my own explanation, showing that you just have a complete disregard for the safety of others around you. And, you know, I could plea that that happened in a racing situation, whether it was regardless if it was on Bayshore, but Bayshore is a good example. If you're driving at an excessive rate of speed and racing another vehicle, it's an area where it's known for pedestrians, people running, rollerblading, biking, walking their children all along the waterfront and crossing that street into all those neighborhoods in South Tampa. I would argue that you are basically disregarding the safety of others if you're driving at an excessive rate of speed and racing another vehicle. And I could potentially plea punitive damages and then go after that individual for punitive damages as well under the racing situation. And to kind of interplay on what you were talking about, the stop sign, it's the same thing. I mean, there's what we call just general negligence. I mean, yes, if you fail to observe a stop sign and you you missed the stop sign and you hit someone, you were negligent. You probably weren't paying attention or um, driving in a negligent manner but you didn't have complete willful and wanton disregard for the safety of human lives. I mean, and I think that's a, that's a big difference. And intent in the uh, civil world is not as much of an issue because we're proving negligence. We're not proving an intentional act. But also when we talked about, you know, the, the criminal side of vehicular homicide, the intent is different than, let's say, uh, you know, a battery where you punch someone, you intend to hit them, like you're not intending to hit them, but that we, like we talked about, that has an impact on what uh, kind of enhances the charge at that point. So, um, but I, what I would say is, you know, obviously if you uh, were involved in a motor vehicle accident and were injured by uh, someone that was racing, you know, please don't hesitate to contact our office at Corliss Barfield Trial Group. And obviously if you were charged with racing and you need to talk to a criminal defense attorney, you should contact the uh, illustrious criminal defense attorney over here to my right, <laughs> Mr. Justin Petritus. So, yeah, contact me at petrituslaw.com. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you.